We believe jujitsu is the most powerful and transformative vehicle for personal growth, physically, mentally, and spiritually on the planet. We've made world-class jujitsu accessible in a supportive, engaging, and growth-inducing environment, regardless of age, background, or ability. Yes. That's it, man. In a That's who we are. Yep. Join the tribe. Okay, guys. Splendid Torch Podcast. It's been a minute, but we're back. Here we are. I mean, we have to say, there's look, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things going on. You've got a boatload of stuff going on. I just, yeah, things kind of cleared up for me now. Yeah. A little bit. I woke up this for like, morning. I have a moment of reprieve. There you go. I woke up this morning. I was like, dude, we got it. We got to at least, even if it's a 30-minute podcast, let's just get it in. I'll tell you what, man. I had all the equipment at my house. I almost did a, a solo episode just to get something up. Yeah. And, I man, I could do that. And I've done, I don't know, one or two in the past. Have you done a few in the past? Yeah, but, you know. That was pre-Displendent Torch, though. No, it was, well, it, was, it, was yeah, after. it was after I got my, my surgery. Yeah. I did a couple from the house cause, just because, you know, I was I was stir crazy and I had some thoughts running through my head, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but honestly, they never do very well. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why that is. Yeah, it's you. It's dude. the, it's it's the you. docile tones of uh, yeah, me. It's and our my. playful banter. <laughs> it's what it, that's really, I tell you what, I've had people outside of the academy, people when I've gone to a tournament or whatever, and they say, Dude, you do that podcast? I go, yeah. They go, you like, guys. How do you put up with this guy? He's just ridiculing <laughs> They say, you. how does he deal with you? <laughs> no, but I've had people say, and they go, your go-between is just, it's really what separates. The chemistry is palpable. It is. We're like, uh, Electricity. We're like a good man hat. It's lightning in a bottle. <laughs> you're um, obviously the bourbon, and I'm the sweet vermouth and bitters. That's you. You're the, uh, you're the orange peel. <laughs> Uh, you're the hair floating in the, in the ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. So let's get to it. Let's do so it. we've been busy, yes. and I want to start with you had the Weedify Ambassador oh. Retreat. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So this was basically they've been planning this for a long time. They had a small one before, which was actually a combination of a gala and a all the ambassadors got together. Uh, and this was, I think, 2017, maybe 2019. So at that point, there were like three and a half ambassadors. There was 14 ambassadors, and they were all in Texas. No, yeah. it was there was people from all over. Some of the guys had been around for a while. So they got, uh, the, there was 100 slots available, not including presenters. Like I was a presenter, so I wasn't on the slot. And everybody flew into Philly, drove down to Delaware. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about that later too. But um, And it was just all these ambassadors got together. We had workshops. So <clears throat> real quick for people who don't know, and we've, we've spoken about yeah. We Defy a whole bunch, and it, it bears repeating. Man, they do this amazing thing where they sponsor, um, I guess you would say disabled. 80% vets, disabled. 80%. Yeah. And the first time I heard that, I was like, 80% shit. Like that's, that's a really high barrier of entry for these, for these vets. But then you realize there are many ways yes. to get that 80% that, oh, yeah. you know, civilians like myself, you don't realize. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's weight to everything like tinnitus. Like I have ringing in my ears all tinnitus the time. Tinnitus or tinnitus? Tin, what, what is it? Is it tinnitus or I, is it tinnitus? I've heard it both ways. Encyclopedia? Encyclopedia. Yes. But, um, Wykypedia? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, um, everything's got weight to it depending on, obviously if you have 
severe PTSD, that's got weight to it. If you right. have, if you've lost limbs, there's massive amounts of that. Right. Um, so the obvious one is you lo- you lost like a like a, a, leg. a leg. You're eighty percent. Yeah, probably you're you're you already are at a high percentage there because right. you can't function. You have to look at the scale of working as a functioning human being. And then I guess to get you over the that last little hump towards eighty percent, which it would it's beneficial to be at eighty percent. Yeah. You would think. You Actually, think like 100%. you would want to, yeah. You would want to capitalize on this as much as possible, and you, yeah, you lost a limb, and it it behooves you to kind of, you there know, look, man, I, you know, I got some PTSD yeah. too. But I was talking in the church, and he's like, the problem is a lot of guys don't go for it. Yes, and you can you can imagine why because yeah. you get a group of Marines. Yeah, the last thing they want to do is admit any sort of weakness. Yes, which and you know the deal, man, to a fault. Yeah. To a fall. Yes. Like, I, I feel so bad that they wouldn't take advantage of the things that are available to them. I had my cousin. Um, but who, I can understand it. Yes. You know, one of the things that I don't think is brought into the picture, and and this Hold is going to. Real quick, Tony just walked. This is Tony to a fucking T. Yes. He walks in, he's got a protein cookie and a yes. banana and a Slim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> All great things, man. Uh, Tony, Tony, a Slim dude, Jim, like, a cookie, and a banana. Yeah, it's like he's right there. He's like, well, I'm turning things around. I'm going healthy lifestyle. <laughs> he's got his Slim Jim sticking out of his back pocket. Unless, unless it's one of those the Wagyu's or the it uh, is the not. Venison. It's it's no, nah, dude. It's like it's he's out there doing man the Macho Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. I, anyway, so back to the wounded yeah. Vets. So you have, you know. Especially when you're, you know, you're in the military. You're, Juliana. You're good, dude. You, you could. She's the, she's, she's tiptoeing. Tip she's like the Grinch still she's in presence. She's tiptoeing like Scarlet. Yeah, looking <laughs> up into the spare room for the, the Christmas gifts. Yes. Um, so, when you sign on that line, you've committed to do something. You go through the process or the change, where they they mold you into who they want you to be. Yeah. Which you know, in essence, you're. So you're secondary to the country. Yeah. You're secondary to your battle buddies, your teammates, your you know whoever's in your battalion, your your, your, your whatever it is. And which is necessary. It is necessary because it's not, and that's why you see people that are without a second, without a second thought, will jump on a hand grenade. Yeah, and they do it because it's not about you; it's about the others. If you could get five of the six home, you're willing to do that. Right, and it's something that I know that. When I, I I went home on leave one time, and this is uh, we were really getting ready for Desert Storm at the time, and we, it was just tons of training, tons of training. And I went home on leave, and everybody was like, "Man, you've really there's just something different about you." And I go, "Yeah, dude, we're getting ready. What do you think? I'm just yeah. gonna go be slap ass Pete all the time? No, you I'm really, sure you managed to somehow. Oh, still be I did. Oh, I was. Pete. Oh, I was. I was. But." You change. There's certain aspects of you have changed as you go through. So can we call you? So the Professor Pete, you know, trouble we're getting in, where yeah. there's two of us. Can we call you Professor Slapass Pete? You could call. I've been called a lot worse. I got a feeling like Wyatt would absolutely <laughs> love it. He would. I love that kid. Yes, but uh, you know, you go through a change, and, and you get these intangibles that you never knew you had, and you don't even think of. They're just developed, and you realize they're there, and it's. For the greater good. Well, man, you're you know you got to think the training and especially like boot camp. Yeah, that's you're in the heat of a forge. Yes. Like you're gonna come out. Well, no, I guess not everybody makes it, but when you do, you come out different, forged steel. Yeah, you do. Yeah, like and talk about because man, you see people go away 
let's let's see the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> like my first, like you're in boot camp, and at the same age, I'm in my first semester of college. Yes, you know what I mean. And it's completely different. It's it's completely <laughs> different. Nonetheless, when we come back that first time, which would be Thanksgiving break, yeah. everyone is different. Yeah, everyone is different. Just because. How many it's, guys did you know that went to school that didn't make it to Thanksgiving? I knew a few a guys. Lot, a lot. That were like, lot. I just got so involved in the lifestyle. Yeah, dude. And, you know, I pledged a fraternity my first semester. We had a pretty big big pledge class. I think like 60% of them failed out the first semester. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, that's a sad thing to see. It's a different animal, yeah. man. And at least like, you know. I don't want to go off track, but you have no guidance. Yes. You have no guidance. Yeah. Luckily, one of the things that like me and I went to school with a few of my buddies from high school and because it was a good state school, like it made a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so we had a bunch of people and then a couple of those good friends. We ended up pledging the, the fraternity. Mm -hmm. We all made it through. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is because, you know, Rockland County, we're well, a big party place. Yeah. So like, you know. <laughs> Like, have you ever seen, like, Varsity Blues and, yeah. like, all those, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, Fast Times? That's kind of, like, how high school was for us. Yeah. We weren't, sh I wasn't sheltered. Like, I yeah. was a latchkey kid from the time I was, like, seven years old. So, me going away to college and, like, going to a keg party, I was like, yeah, no, yeah, this big, is no, no big, big deal. deal. I wasn't the kid that was, like, swinging from the chandelier. We call this Friday. We're yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, kids are getting their stomachs pumped because it's the first time they've ever seen, a like, yeah. a, like a solo cup. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Moderation is key, kids. It is. Remember that. Don't be afraid to say, okay, too. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like, you know, these environments, yes. you know, they're they're forging you in different ways. So you come home and you're a completely different person. Yeah. As all soldiers, Marines, yeah. and dare yeah. I say airmen, too? Chairman. I know how you guys like to Chairman. ridicule these poor Air Force, force folks. <laughs> Air Force. Um, yeah, no, everybody in, you know, look, Air Force are out there chewing dirt, and it's always breaking stones that's you what know? i want to yeah. get to so the whole breaking stones thing and this is what nachersky and i you know this was like in between. you should hear sean and i which i can sean, only imagine when we're like we were going out to fort dix to go do the seminar and poor sean ferguson's in the back seat while we're in uh uh sean nachersky's uh liberal assault wagon his subaru <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna get into that we'll just keep it offline but we we're just breaking stones and i know sean's going felt uncomfortable with the level of ball breakery taking Why? isn't he's uh what, he's air force he's, he's a little sensitive force, he's a little sensitive but no it's you know there's nothing about love nothing but love about it and I would take a bullet for him, and he'd do the same for me. Here's what I, I don't get. This is where the disconnect happens for me. Like, I understand the sentiment of not wanting to admit weakness, and, you know, you don't want to be a burden on anybody when you're that mindset of being mm -hmm. like a soldier, and you don't want to admit it and get the 80% or whatever, yeah. 100%. But at the same time, the culture in the in the military is such of Alpha. deep, well, that and deep, deep ball breaking. Yeah. So it's like, you know, your friends are going to make fun of you for losing a foot either way. Like, yes. why not just get the benefits that come along with it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, uh, so my cousin called me or texted me. We were messaging back and forth. He says, he goes, did you apply yet? I'm like, no, I didn't. I haven't. He goes. For your, your tinnitus? Tinnitus? There's a couple things. Oh, look, there's Marine as we speak. He's going to the bonk shop. Um, I'm not joking. There's a Marine right there. Oh, yeah. Look yeah. at that. And uh, maybe he's coming here. Oh, no, he's got to go get rolling papers. Are they relaxing? They're standing there a little bit? I don't think so. <laughs> but um, he's like, I'm like, dude, you were in Afghanistan. You were in Iraq. 
He goes, what do you, I, and I told him, I list, you know, I had thousand pounds safe fall on me. I had, you know, I had a concussion, stuff like, I mean, I've had stuff, you know. That's why I get those optical migraines that I get where I just, I sit on the mat and just stare into space. I figure you're just dumb and you can follow, follow along with but the no, no, it's, you confuse me with the warm up sometimes, yeah. even the kids. But uh, he's like, dude, you have to file. Just go do it. You deserve it. You earned it. And, uh, and it, there's one of it is that's, that's a thing too, where you have, I know people that have not served in a war zone that have major issues. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't go to battle. Yeah. Like you, they're like, you, you did the training, it. you did the time. You know, I've seen, I saw a couple, I've seen guys get seriously hurt in training that people die in training. Yes. All the time. And you know, there's, you don't think you're worthy. But it's all comes back to well, you signed on the line. You are worthy. You're deserving. You yeah. did the time. Dude, and, the other uh, thing, from a civilian's point of view, I'm going to tell you. So I, you know, the the nation's most favorite holiday was a couple weeks ago, which is tax day. Yes. I How'd that go for you? <laughs> I'm joking you because we talked in? yesterday. Did you see me gingerly <laughs> sit down in this chair? Ooh. Ah. Oh, anybody have a donut? You I like a sit cigarette on? the other day. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, like, I don't mind, I don't enjoy paying it. I understand that, like, yeah. I guess it's my duty. Is it? Sure. Is it? But here's the deal. If that money's going out there, I'd rather go to somebody who served the country yeah. than just the fucking rotten, dirty, scumbag pigs sending money to who, all their buddies and all, you know. Yeah. Let's not make this a political. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? I know exactly. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind paying as much as I'm paying in taxes if nobody went hungry, you know, everybody had somewhere to live, yeah. and like all the soldiers were taken care of. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it. And the funny thing is, funny in a very sad way, if you looked at the amount of taxes this country generates, yeah. we could feed everybody in the entire world yes. three times over. Yeah, there was a, there was a, uh, I saw a whole report on some YouTube thing. Like don't, don't tell me that we don't have enough money, like, just in the friv just in the amount that the Pentagon loses every year. Yes. Every year the Pentagon fails their audit by like five billion dollars. Yeah. It might be trillion. I there's think a it, lot of money. It might lost. be trillion. I know that there's a lot of it is uh stuff that's supposed to be yeah, off black the books. Money. Black. Black ops. <laughs> black Get the ops. fuck out. That means your buddy, your contracting yeah. buddy in the who has like the, the business in the Ukraine. Yeah. Like we know what that is. Yeah. Anyway. I wouldn't mind it if if, if it was money, appropriated. Yeah, dude, like send it to people who need it, like you, my countrymen. I'm yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah. It's when it gets all goofy, and we're we're remember when the last budget came out, and there was something like 150 million went to gender studies in Africa, <laughs> teaching gender studies in Africa. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like I think that might be the last thing on their radar. Yes. In this, in like the Sudan, yes, you know, especially right now, they're yes. in like civil war. I don't know if they're so I don't worried think they care about, about gender studies, yeah, about like about all the let's new problems. Live, let's try to survive. That's one of the biggest issues we have in this country. So, we're going on a tangent, yeah. Let's let's just stop let's right there because it could yeah. get bad. Here, here's where it, why it matters for where we're at. Let's get right to it. Weedify is doing this great thing, and the cool thing is, I don't know, you probably do remember because you're not that old, no. You remember at the old academy years ago, we had the reorg guys came yeah, in. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what the hell it was. I just got a, a random message one night, and the, the academy, we've only been open like four years at this point, I think. Yeah. Five years, maybe? And we're nine now? Yeah, it was probably like three. It was three probably years a couple in. years in. 
I remember what it was. I remember. No, we did have two mats, but I do remember. And I get a message like, you know, very proper because they're British. Yes. The grammar was impeccable. Yes. Whilst. Yeah. Yes. Do you mind if we join you whilst rolling tonight? And it was really, um, as all military guys tend to be, like super deferential and respectful. But he's like, you know, we're special forces guys from from England, and we we kind of travel the world training. I was like, oh shit, yeah, come on in. But we're gonna round up the troops for you. Yeah, yeah. And it turned out they were the nicest fucking guys alive. Nicest guys. And they were like blue belts and white belts, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Super nice. They gave us like the challenge coin stuff. But Reorg is the British version of Weedify. And they kind of, they're the predecessor to Weedify. We were spun off. Basically, uh, Reorg is Europe. Yeah. And then uh, they they spun up. uh, I wonder if they borrowed the idea from Reorg. I wonder if they worked. I think that's where it started from. Brilliant. I remember them explaining what they do. I'm like, holy shit, this This is, is awesome. That's a great idea. And then it wasn't too long after that where I saw Weedify for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I follow the Reorg guys on social media, and it probably helps them a whole lot that they have Tom Hardy is like one of their main guys. Oh, yeah, big time. He does all that. You know, he's got big eyes on him, and he does a lot for the Reorg guys. He competes in their geese. Yeah, too. and it looks like they took off pretty well. And then Weedify comes along, and I'm like, "Wow, this is great! Let's contribute." And we do. Like, we're one of the. I think we're one of the bigger. Yeah, we you do. Know, more active fundraisers. Yeah. I just don't know why we can't get more athletes. Uh, so we got the stats. I don't have them with me, but right now we have 850 scholarship athletes. Right now, there's 50 in the country right now that are getting ready to get more scholarships. So Great. we're closer to a thousand scholarship athletes than the All reports right. say. I don't know if this is you're privy to this or if this is something they want to be public or not in terms of fundraising versus how many athletes they can, like how many more could they put out with the amount of funds that we're, they're able to raise right now? Uh, I don't have Probably all that a shitload, right? They, they Cause have that people are behind it. Yes. They, it's, and, and I was talking in the church, it seems like they have trouble Getting athletes, and that's why the conversation turned turn towards. Nachurski's like, man, there's people here yes. who could qualify, but they don't want to do the eighty percent. Yes, there, it, it's ego. So I get it, I get it, man. But like, if you qualify, you should do it. Total, a hundred percent. So we got Andrew Epstein. He's uh, <laughs> he was when we got the email because he's a hundred percent. Yeah, we get the email that Sunday that. Uh, he he's gonna get the scholarship, and that Sunday he broke his ankle. Yeah. Whatever it was, so. <laughs> yeah. But he's almost back. He'll be back soon. He's a good dude. He's he, a very good he was dude. in high spirits from day one. Dude. Yeah, even when just, he, like the day he broke his leg, he's he carries that mojo well. So that's good. But I, I, and I like I said, I've we've had people come in that uh, hey, you know, I just got out of the military. I'm like, well, what's your disability? You know, and I said, you know, if you're at a certain disability. Apply for the scholarship. Yeah, for you sure. get your first year paid for. Um, so you were at the summit. Yes. Did you guys talk about like recruitment? Like what were what was that's like the always main... uh, so we didn't really spell on that. Although one of the things in missions for this year, and I know I'm trying to get because I'm the Northeast coordinator now, so I'm trying to get all the state reps together on a call to really start really. And this is one of the things that was kind of brought up was we really need to start getting more outreach so we could get more scholarship athletes to apply. You know, people that are quali- that would qualify for the scholarship, we want to get them in. And how that happens is the outreach. So, like Doc Sam, he works, I think, uh, I forget what, what percentage he does time, he volunteers at the VA clinic in mm-hmm. Philly, I think it is. So he's trying to get the word out down there. We're going to try to go to 
uh, off Fellowship Road, there's a VA uh, hospital over there. So we're going to try to go over there and get outreach, or is it green, off of Green Tree, right over by uh, uh, Whole Foods, actually. Try to get, we're going to try to start getting more outreach, and that's one of the things that I want the Northeast guys to start doing is, look, take half a day and just go try to get some calls out, try to get yeah. the outreach out. And, you know, one of the things that was really beneficial was uh, the guy, one of our state rep for uh, Massachusetts, Greg Snelly. He, uh, he's uh, like a first responder. So he was talking about how to deal with people that are having, you know, the mental aspects. Yeah. And how you're going to deal with that situation and what to do. That's one of the things that I think, uh, I think people that, that are on the list are going to get scholarships. I think we lose people because of the, the mental part, Yeah, the PTSD, the, you know, when you, you know, get because they, they don't, they don't want to follow through. Well, you're a warrior that now you don't have the full capabilities you had before. So you're kind of weakening the foundation of a person, Yeah, you know, and that leads to the mental (laughs) part of it, you know? And I think that that's another thing, you know, where you're just, going you get depressed that's the thing Half dude, the man that's what's so frustrating because we just know if we could get them into the fold we just know what's going to happen we like it's going to change everything yes and, and, and when you do like you know i follow we defy and reorg on social media and when you see the There's success so when they share the success yeah. stories it's like yeah. you know it makes you feel great and it makes you feel hopeful yeah and then immediately i feel frustrated that we don't have more, more. athletes here and it's just trying to get more outreach and you know that's that's one of my personal missions for with Sean. Sean and I talk about it all the time, and we're we're actively going to start trying to push to get more people involved. Yeah. So so guys, if you're listening, like we all know vets, right? Yeah. And if somebody's in like your community or your family or your your social circle, and like you know you know that they've got some sort of disability. And, yeah. And the chances are, if they're out, they pro- they they could they could yeah they could qualify. Just bring it up, man. Bring it up, and if you want more information, talk to to uh, Slap Ass Pete over here. <laughs> That's Professor Slap Ass. Let's um, we'll shift over a little bit, but this yes. kind of runs in the same vein. Like you're talking about the idea of like, you know, mentally they just can't get on the mat. Yes. Like they can't follow through with things, and they feel like they're less than what they used to be. Dude, I saw some stats, and uh, you know, Dave Chamberlain, one of the guys I'm working with, an amazing guy. He shared these stats with me and it was like staggering. I was I was shocked at like the, the rates of depression and the rates of like loneliness. That was the big one. And yeah. of course loneliness and depression go hand in hand. They were so, I, I have them written down like in my phone somewhere, but you know, off the top of my head, it was something along the lines of like last year, like nineteen percent of men reported having a friend. Yeah. Like a close that means Eighty percent of men don't have a close friend between the men ages like eighteen to forty-five. Yeah, dude, like if you are any, are if you're into longevity, longevity at all, you, you'll know about the blue zones, right? Yeah. Like the Mediterranean area yeah. and like these places where people live to be centenarians. And one of the biggest things, like a lot of them smoke cigarettes, a mm-hmm. lot of them drink, they don't have like the healthiest of diets, and a lot of them are. They're fucking degenerates, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it doesn't make sense why they live to be 100, but one of the, the main themes that bridge all these communities together is their social fabric. Yeah. And they, they forget to get old. 
because they they spend their days like they still work and they go down and they see their buddy at the shop and they they shoot the shit they share an espresso yeah. they talk some shit and then like they go about their lives if you're lonely at a young age like the science is clear you're gonna die young yes you're gonna die young yeah that's a terrifying thought all the the post-covid numbers are oh my scary God. they're scary on a level that you really have so much sympathy for our kids these days. Yeah, well, I, I we saw... We did them no service. No, no. And it's funny because the New York Times came out today. I read this this uh, opinion piece. They're like, they're like uh, the potential harms of, of the, the extended uh, school closures. And then I'm like, oh, let's see how much they fucking backpedal on this. Yeah. And it's like, you know, science is starting to show that there's a potential that maybe there were some detrimental effects. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Do you have was. eyes? Do you yes. have eyeballs? Yes. Yeah. If you have eyeballs and ears, open them and you can see you fucked up. Big you fucked time. up. They will like, they big time. refuse to admit. Dude, that's one of the things, and I don't want to get all heated. No. But I, uh, I'm very proud of what we did over COVID. I got to tell you, I had a conversation. With, I forget who the hell I was talking to. But we were talking, and they said, how'd you guys deal with COVID? I go, well, after a month, we had to start cleaning the mats. Yeah. I, and they go, what do you mean? I go, well, well, first off, we started teaching classes at the academy. We, were, we did all our Zoom classes, but we did them at the academy. So we were, our, the staff was together. I think it was like, it was like three or four weeks we did it from home. Yes. Maybe three weeks. Then you and Tony. Then me and, and Tony Melissa started. Jen, yeah. You guys were paired up like that. You would be on one mat, you'd yeah. be on the other mat, going back and forth. That was and like four days. About an hour and a half later, <laughs> yeah, did, I got the text. Take when months, you guys come man. up? And then once we realized, like, let's just go, and yeah. the coaches would start training, I, I don't want to be that guy, but, like, we realized it was all bullshit. It was yeah. all bullshit. Early on. Right away. And we then, were early adopters to the bullshit. <laughs> dude, I'm so, I'm so grateful that my kids didn't have to go through what most of these kids went yeah. through. Like Mike, if you ask Scarlett and Avery, I mean Avery is, you know, yeah, she was a baby. She's not the sharpest tool in the shed, dude. She, she's just happy to be here. She's awesome. Yeah, she was a baby, but Scarlett, she didn't know there was a pandemic. Yeah, Scarlett's life didn't really change much. Why? Because we were going to the Catholic school down the street, and although they had to wear the mask yeah. on their chin, they were still at school. They were at school when everybody yeah. else was like shut down, and then she saw her neighbors every day. Yeah, like we. My one neighbor, like Crazy Michelle, I love. I was her just going to gonna bring that up. She's insane. But after like three days of like six feet, six feet, she fucking gave up. And she was like, all right, just be kids. The whole neighborhood, the kids were playing. And then we had Angie Rand and the boys, yeah. like my nephews. Yeah. They Scarlett had a normal childhood. Yes. And mo maybe most importantly, not maybe, for sure, most importantly, she had two sane parents at home yes. who weren't terrified of the world yeah. and weren't like making her equally afraid yeah. to make me feel better about my poor decisions i'm just so grateful that we we did what we did man and we didn't do it haphazardly and i didn't do it out of fear meaning i wasn't like oh shit we're gonna lose the school we better like yeah. illegally let people come back no no, no 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 we were very slow and methodical about it and the entire time people who weren't comfortable we continued to teach Zoom Maybe classes. the best Zoom, definitely the best jujitsu Zoom program in the in the world. Yeah, and one of the best martial arts Zoom programs in the world, and that's with jujitsu. Yeah, so you know I'm proud of that. But after like six weeks, we started letting I was I was te you you remember yeah. 
I was teaching from the academy on Zoom, but what you didn't know was off camera, there were like 12 kids. Yeah. And they were taking class as I was teaching it. And, and then- what, They were all boxed in. Yeah, we they were boxed. We, were we did the whole thing, which all turns out to be bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. And then after like a week of that, I would turn the camera at the end of the class and be like, guys, what do you see? They'd be like, there's kids there. Yeah, and I'd be like, who that? wants to be here? And everybody would yes. shoot up. All right, guys, you got to talk to mom and dad. Like if they're comfortable, then reach out and we'll, we'll, we'll reserve your spot. Yeah. And then before you know it, we were running the academy. And yeah. we still took some precautions and we did all the stuff. The theater is really what it was. It was COVID theater. Yes. Um, but we were like this one shining kind of you know, I don't know, call what you are, like a bastion of hope. Yes. Like, like we're this one little island of normalcy in this ocean of fucking insanity. What's funny is we were actually to the outside world, the island of misfit toys. Yeah, how about when people would show up and like video They're me? Taking pictures. Are you supposed to be in there? Why do you care? Like, fuck off. Mind your Go own home business. to your cats. Yes. Go home. Stay six feet away from everybody in your family. For, and, and those people today are miserable. Are, well, they're driving around wearing their masks. They're I, driving in their car by themselves. I saw wearing their a masks. triple up. Oh. I saw a family of very triple safe, ups. Very at, safe. At Target of all places. Jesus. Triple ups. They literally had like that paper mask that does nothing. Yeah. Then they had a like a bandana. And then they had the a diaper. The black you know yeah. the the uh, the Bane mask on. Yeah, and I'm like, why? Look, I feel for these people. I feel for them. Think of like how deep the psychosis has to go for you to still be in that mindset. Look, we all got got. We all did in the beginning. We were all. I remember watching CNN. Yeah, that was the last time I watched it. But I remember <laughs> watching it, and it's like, holy shit, this is serious. And like, I was watching stuff out of Italy. I was way ahead of the curve. Yeah. I remember. Because I read this We were report. talking two weeks before we shut down. Before we were knee deep. Before we even heard deep, about it. Yeah. Because I, I remember I read this this um, like 10-page article that Tim Ferriss put put together because he was doing a lot of work with people. In, he's been to Wuhan. Yeah. And I remember reading, and he starts with like, look, Wuhan is not this backwoods podunk place. Like it's, it's, it's a, a metropolis. Yeah. Because that's at first, when you first started hearing about like this Wuhan virus, it was like, oh, it's just some backwoods fucking place in, in China. No. And then, you know, I was kind of out in front of it. And I remember like three days before the shit, the fit hit the shan, I had Metakis was over. I'm like, dude, you got to like prepare your academy. You got to prepare every, your staff. You, you got to start moving towards like, he's like, what do you, what do you talk? I was like this coronavirus. He's like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? He had no idea what I was even talking about. Yeah. Anyway, dude. Anyway, point being, we got got, you know, we, we responded as we should, you can't just blindly respond to a threat like and and cast it aside. Yeah, you have to respond to it, just like in self defense. Like if somebody's like like yammering in my face, I'm gonna take one step back with my right foot. I'll put my hands up to my chest and I'll be prepared for a haymaker. Yeah, same thing that we did. And then when you realize like, oh, this guy's just all all bark and no bite, I can relax a little bit. Yeah. And that's what we did with COVID. Exactly. But holy shit. They dragged it out for three years. Yeah. What? The, what? Yeah. It's crazy. It's a, it's an, it's absolutely insane. What we, oh boy. You're gonna talk about PTSD from that. Well, the kids are the gonna, kids are gonna be the fucked. kids are gonna be hanging on to that for a very very yeah. long time. And I read a an article where they say there's a chance that this generation's of kids is just broken, are beyond broken. Where they're saying the you know 
there's going to be a smaller next generation after them. Well, there for for sure. Like yeah. if you guys, the population collapse is a real thing, and I don't want to be the <laughs> the bearer of bad, bad news. news. But the idea is this: the good news is we're doing okay. Uh, India is doing the best. We're doing okay, and everybody else is fucked. <laughs> so China, their population collapse is the worst. I think in the no Korea is the worst, or Japan. Japan might be the worst. So did you? What's the, I forget the guy's name. God, he was just I, I I've seen him. He's been on like Rogan. He's been on Jack Cars. He's been on all these podcasts. And like he's one of these uh, financial political yeah, guys. Yeah, yes. Forget his name off the top of my head. Yeah, but so we saw he, the same thing. Yeah, so he was talking about how China, due to their one-child law, may never come back from that. They're No, they're not. They're done. Ten years from now, they're done. So well, we could get off this stupid topic. It has nothing to do with jujitsu. However, the idea It of, does. That's less people training jujitsu. The, the idea of the population is you want it to be a pyramid, and China is an upside down pyramid. Inverted. So you're not going to be able to support you know, your aging population. We at least are a column. Yeah. You know, so we got to get people procreating. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Let's go. But and the, now we could tie it back into jujitsu. So one of the things I talked about at my presentation on Friday I was, was the idea of like. Socially, this is the most depressed, the most lonely, and the most unhealthy the population has ever been. Yeah, ever. I think by like twenty thirty five, we're 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 due to have eighty percent of the population to be obese. Yes, and I get it. Body positivity, you're perfect the way you are. No, you're Meh. not. You're not. No. You're not. You're unhealthy. And how do I know? Because you're depressed and you're lonely. Yeah. You don't feel good about yourself, and it shows. And then you compound that by just sitting in the house, eating well, Cheetos, yeah, and playing well, video games. It's going to get worse. Now, if you're only worried about population collapse, you're like, who gives a shit? Like, here's why. Because when you're morbidly obese, your hormone profile is destroyed. Yes. Your libido is destroyed. destroyed. You're you're not an appealing candidate for anybody yeah. as, a, as, a, as a partner. Which adds to the depression. Yeah, so what's what you might think what's the there's no answer there it's so complicated and convoluted. No, it's not. No. Train jujitsu. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You're going to feel better about yourself. That's a good answer. Yeah. That's a good promo. Hey, there you go. You're going to lose a whole bunch of weight. You're going to look damn good. Yes. You're going to feel awesome about yourself. Your your confidence is going to be soaring and you're not going to be afraid to maybe approach somebody and go out on a date. You probably will be because we lost that. It's a lost art. Yes. But is. at least you can swipe right, knowing that your profile <laughs> picture, is, you know, which is doctored, and there's a filter on it. At From least you're going to look. Years yeah, ago. At least you're going to look somewhat <laughs> yeah. like that. When I got to meet this person. So last Friday, uh, last weekend was a very hectic, busy weekend for myself because Friday was originally I was supposed to go down to Delaware. To where we're supposed to have a two to three hour open mat, a big gathering, dinner, all this stuff. But unfortunately, one of my best friends growing up had to pass away. What a selfish... Didn't he know you had plans? I said, Cubby, what the... F Come on, dude, you couldn't... But... There, a week earlier, make a week, yeah. week later? And he's kind of a poster child for it. Take care of yourself from the beginning. Yeah. Take Anyways, so we go to the celebration of life, and I'm happy to report that I'm prop... I was... Except for maybe the kids there. Obviously, the uh, most athletic guy in the building. Not skill-wise, but just they're doing the most. And it showed. And I saw a lot yeah. of people. And I saw a lot of people go, holy crap. Well, you're, you're what, 53 now? 53. All right, so I'm 38. 
and now I'm starting to see like you still have your peers or not. Yeah, dude. Good. When you're in your mid thirties, like at thirty five, uh, you could there's still some unicorns, like people with great genes and they're just lucky and they're still like Origin? They're all yeah, <laughs> they're all out like uh, you know, still partying and drinking yeah. and they you know, they look okay. But man, once you're closer to forty your lifestyle really shows. Yeah. And it gets to the point where like the handful of my buddies that I that I've came up with through high school and college who like live a, a somewhat good lifestyle, you, they look a decade younger than the other people. Yep. It's not even that cuz I know I look like I'm about to be 40, but I don't look like I'm about to be 50. No, you And don't. I'm at the age now at 38, like people who didn't modify their lifestyle will say from the time they're 21, they look 10 years older. Yes. It's not that I look 10 years younger but the man they look 10 years older and i can only imagine how they feel right yeah what was that uh uh what was that the uh what was that like cheerleader effect yeah yeah where you, <laughs> you put a group of people together yeah you focus on one you go, oh wait a second yeah that's what it is when you when you're <laughs> it's, when Why you're you think I, I teach every class with you next to me because you look superior look awesome they go god damn god Pete's professor 24. looks amazing and trust me i know that's why you keep me around i'm yeah. no dummy but you know, it, it's as you start to get older and you start to go to these, you run into people you used to know and just, you know, you go to these little gatherings, oh, I see a bunch of people, you go, and and it's not something that I point out to myself, but I've had people point out to me, yeah. holy shit, dude. I'm like, what? They're like, you look amazing. Yo, I go, you, know, you know what it is, I man? I, and I, I don't mean that to toot my own horn. I'm yeah. Not, you know what no, I mean? and you, but, you probably get people make comment, like you're on vacation, like when we go on vacation or anywhere, <clears> like. For example, dude, like I went to my nephew's championship basketball game. He's he's ten years old. Yeah, you know, no big deal. They had like nine of those games that day, <laughs> and the gym was packed. It was at Cherokee, and like I'm waiting. The first game went like double overtime, so we're all waiting, kind of like like on the side of the court. It was like packed in like sardines, and they're all crazy Marlton moms. So yeah. they have signs. They're screaming at these poor fucking refs who are making like a dollar an hour. And they do it just to give back to the community. <laughs> you know, no good deed goes unpunished. And this one guy, just a random guy, is sitting next to me. And he's like, hey, you. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're going to keep these people in line in the bleachers for me, right? Yeah. And he takes his shirt. He was the, he was the ref for the next game. And, you know, because I'm fit and I have muscles. Yeah. And it just, I'm starting to realize, like, this is every weekend, though, right? And I'm not, that, I'm not that big, dude. Like, I'm fit. That's the thing. I'm fit. Yeah. But... It's so so few people are fit now, and it, I can, when I was a kid, it wasn't that rare. It was rare to have somebody who was morbidly obese. Like when we were ki when you were a kid, it was like well, all we wore was leather, and it was because the animals that we killed. <laughs> when you were a kid, <laughs> the fattest person on earth was in the circus, and they weighed three hundred pounds. Pretty much. When I was a kid, it was very rare. Like we all had the one family, I think, in the neighborhood where they were all morbidly obese. Yeah. You know, for me, it was the scallops. They were they were morbidly obese. I don't remember having a family like that. Well, family. yeah, it, it's a new phenomenon. And now, now the There's weird thing is is the fit family. Yes, it's like, and and you could see it because now they're assigning like fascism to fitness, and I'm like, get so the fuck stupid. out of here. Fitness, like Jocko says, discipline discipline equals freedom. I'm way more free. Yeah, with my self control. Than you are with your your addiction to your food and your couch and yeah. your media and all the things. Anyway, man, this is a pretty goddamn political podcast. You know what though? But it it it's. I hope it shakes people and opens people's eyes. 
Well, that's my we're, thing because we're, we, this we're preaching to the choir, about. dude. Yes. We're preaching to the choir. Right, I'm hoping here. somebody outside. Share I'm short out. on time, so I yes. want to get to this, dude. So I did this presentation. It was called the the Impact Series, where um, you know one of the really through our billing company, uh, educational funding company, they also have like a like a, a consulting and content arm. Yeah, where you know they work with the thousands of, of yeah. schools across the world. You showed us the presentation was awesome, and you weren't I, even I done with it. it. No, I, I made it, it, made it way better. It. it was it was. I gotta say, dude, it went really well. So I I made this presentation and. I did one a couple of years ago, and if you guys remember, I did it because at the other school, yeah, because it scares me, and it's important to me that I'm I'm finding ways to challenge myself and to grow, and and I'm not comfortable standing in front of a room of people like making a speech like that. Believe yeah. it or not, like belt promotions, it's when I'm wearing a gi and I have a belt in my it's hand, different. it's a different animal. But that's not what this was, and there were some heavy hitters, like like old school guys who like are super. You successful. told me a couple of the names, and I knew who they were. Yeah, yeah well, I've gone to a lot of their events when yeah. I was like a young in. Yeah. So it's really cool to kind of you know, to all come back around. But my presentation was culture driven, long term retention, and why I'm so proud about that is because we're like a unicorn, man. Like we've we've got over six hundred students, and we only teach jujitsu, and we don't teach like Gracie jujitsu, like self defense stuff, yeah. and we don't do like you know we don't have one hundred and fifty cardio kickboxing moms, and yeah. we don't have like all those offshoot programs. We teach jujitsu. Jiu we teach our interpretation, our brand of jujitsu, and we we do it really well, and we're a unicorn in that nobody really, unless like you know. You're in Torrance, California, and your last name is Gracie, or you're in Manhattan, and your last name is Gracie. Yeah, we've got this like massive tribe. Yes. So that was kind of the the approach to my presentation was the idea of using culture to to build your school instead of what other people do. Yeah. Which most success quote unquote successful schools like the few karate schools who have like 700 students, they they have like a lot of sales gimmicks yeah. and they have like a lot of different like toys and tricks and tokens and tokens what do they call that flash yeah flash, flash. <laughs> like they're working yeah. at fuddruckers <laughs> yeah. you know like that's yeah. we don't do we do almost none of that we have stripes and belts stripes and belts stripes and, and a 99 dollar special that's really it no so where's the magic it's in the culture it's in the culture everything we do is driven through like this environment that we have tribe. here the tribe and that's kind of what it was three hours of me breaking down how we develop and, and drive and nurture the tribe. Is everything okay, Pete? I have to grab bags of powdered sugar. Oh, I gotta get that sugar, man. Um, was that code for drugs? <laughs> Jesus. I gotta go to Camden, I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was really successful. I was shitting bricks beforehand, and then it's funny, you man. It's fun. It's like it's like when you compete, man. It's like you're you're shitting bricks before this match. You slap hands, you grab the guy, you move him around a little bit, and you're like, "What the fuck and am I doing?" It's just jujitsu. Yeah. And like you know, I was shitting bricks, and then 18 seconds into to my presentation, I'm like, "I'm just talking about jujitsu." Yeah. And that was like where I kind of the good thing is now we're at the point. I'm at the point as like a quote unquote like school owner like you know in, in the business leader. yeah but like i'm i'm very competent and comfortable and confident in what we do yes and like we can articulate what we do so i don't have to worry about all the other bullshit i could take that back to the summit where i had to give the pre presentation on building community i mean that's basically what we do here. that's what we do that's what we do and 
I brought it up. I think the first class, I was lucky because the first class, I don't know about lucky, but Jerry Nachersky was in the first class. So I got to break his stones, which break, Excellent. break down the walls of uh, fear and so forth. And, and mind you, I'm around all these people that are, uh, you know, we all have the same cause, same purpose, uh, some really high-level people. So yeah. very high-level individuals and, uh, you know, from different walks of life, but we all have the same cause. But the one thing I kept bringing up was, especially with We to Five, one of the things that we talked about in the beginning when uh, Mike Shea showed us the thing was tribe. Mm-hmm. Tribe. I go, that's what we do. It's all about the tribe. And the goal for building a community is just to broaden the horizon of your tribe, get more outreach with the tribe, the add big more thing, people to the tribe to qualify. One of the things that I talked about at my presentation, we, we brought up tribe and the word, and everybody knows me as the tribe guy because, yeah. you know, we were first on the scene. Yeah. We've been, like, tribe has described us for the last, like, five years. If not longer. Uh, it's been borrowed yes. several times over, but that's fine. And I pointed out the importance of words because – the culture matters, man, and, and the words you use to describe your environment and your students and your staff and how your classes are run in your academy, the words you choose to use really matter. So, you know, you, you've you heard us do it. Like when we had that staff meeting like a month ago, we came up with like our mission statement, which was every, blew everybody away. Yeah. And then we did prompts, and the prompts were our classes are, our instructors are, our academy is, our students are. And I want to hear from you guys what you thought. And why is that? Words matter. Yeah. The words matter, right? And and it kind of sets the tone for how everybody's going to behave. So when I talked about tribe, I was like, why do I say tribe? Well, here's why. Because a lot of people say community. This is our community. Yeah, in a sense. But here's the problem. Community just means proximity. Yes. Your community, like this is our community, like our, our neighbors. And they look next door. They're fucking drug dealers. Yeah. They're in my community, but they're not part of my tribe. Yes. Now, some people like to say team. Okay, but anybody can join a team and ride the bench. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody like sits the bench in jiu Nobody. In martial arts, nobody rides the bench. Yeah. And then some people say, like, your crew, your squad, and, and you know, your group and all That's these things. That's inclusive. Yeah, it's, it's inclusive. Or exclusive. Well, it is, but it also, it just lacks significance. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I brought that, the whole idea of tribe. It's important. Now, what, what does tribe get across? It denotes this shared interest in a common goal like what you like to say like we're getting after it together yeah but there's another element added on to it which is interdependence right like one of the things that we do so well here is we make it known right away that you need the people around you yeah and that you're going to bring value to the table whether you're the most skilled in class or not whether you're the most vocal in class or not whether you're the most dedicated or not no matter where you are on that little totem pole you have something to offer yes. 100% whether you like it or not and the truth is even if you think you don't enjoy contributing you're getting something very primal out of it that even if you can't put your finger on it and articulate it it's you changing your it. life yes, it is. it's changing who you are yes 100% that is the tribe and I obviously I'm not as uh, eloquent with my speaking as you oh thanks that's the least I can do but you know, I was. I said the same thing. I said, "Look, if you we're all in this tribe, what is our tribe? What is our, the mission of our tribe? Obviously, survival, but it's also helping. Yes. How do we help? And That's you know, the interdependence. Exactly. And you have, again, you have the little areas. You got hunters. You got gatherers. You got you know people that got to strip the pelts, all that stuff. So everybody has a role. Yeah. And meaning, you have staff personnel. You have 
the Northeast region, you have the Pacific Northwest, you have the, you know, you have all these different areas. They're all parts of the tribe with the same common goal. Yeah. And it's important that we don't, you know, differentiate. We don't have, well, we're inclusive over here. Well, there's no such thing as, as, as best, better. And you know, exactly. There's no such thing in a tribe. Yes. That that's where people get fucked up. That's why I hate hero worship. And one of the things I talked about at, at my presentation, I was like, you know, and, and for sure there were a bunch of jujitsu guys there. They know some people, you know, and some of them might even be guilty of it because jujitsu really lends itself to hero worship. Hero worship is toxic and unsustainable. Yes. And it's fucking disgusting. Yes. You know, and I don't want to be, I am not the sage on the stage. As much as I find myself talking sometimes, it's not, I'm not talking about me. I'm driving the culture. I'm not the sage on the stage. I'm the guide on the side. The purpose Your job is you're not Luke Skywalker. You're Yoda. Get the fuck out of the way. Yes. You know, the students are the hero of their story. It's yes. the hero's journey. Yeah. It's not Professor Pete's journey. It's no. not like, look at what I built. It's look what we're doing together. Yeah. It's a we huge are distinction. A service industry. Dude, let me, Um, I got a, a call with Chamberlain. Yes, actually, but I, I want to, this is what we came up with when we are talking about like the identity of yes. the school. This is uh, together. We came up with this. We'll call it a mission statement. And tell me if if there's anything better. I don't right. think there is. We believe jujitsu is the most powerful and transformative vehicle for personal growth, physically, mentally, and spiritually, on the planet. We've made world class jujitsu accessible in a supportive, engaging, and growth inducing environment, regardless of age, background, or ability. Yes, that's it, man. In a that's nutshell. who we are. Yep. Join the tribe. Yes. All right, I got to jump. All right, real quick. Uh, don't forget, Memorial Day weekend's coming up. We will be doing another rock and roll. I might wear socks this time. You probably should. Because my feet melted off last time. <laughs> so uh, what I expect to see this time is we're going to have people from other schools coming to join us on this journey this time. Nifty. Yes. All right, guys. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take Great care. to be back.